0: Welcome to 30 Minute You, the university launched for you, where your co-hosts go over real-world topics through a live mentorship podcast so you can walk away with the skills you need to succeed in your field in only 30 minutes. My name is Mir, one of the co-hosts, and I host one of the world's top mentorship platforms, where I interview people like the mayor of Miami, the founder of Reebok and the former CEO of Chipotle to provide you real life mentorship in your pocket.
1: And my name is Carmen. Over the last 10 years, I've launched over 70 companies spanning in industries like hospitality, real estate, retail, and cannabis with hundreds of employees. I am an investor, lawyer,
0: and educator. And we hope you enjoyed listening to this show as much as we enjoyed recording it. We'll see you inside the classroom. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to 30 Minute U. 30 Minute U was the university launched for you. I am back here with my co-host, Carmen Rossi. We launched 30 Minute U to give you access to a university in your pocket, wherever you are, as part of the More We Know Network. Today, we're gonna talk about an interesting concept, which is time management. Time management's our focus today, and it's interesting, because Carmen and I literally just got to the studio. You know, there's not a lot of prep that goes into it. Carmen will talk about it in a little bit, but time management is a topic... Everyone talks about. It. I hear my followers talk about. I hear my fellow Gen Zs talk about it. Right? Like we use Google calendars. Remote work has changed a lot. Managing time has become difficult. And you know, I think to set the foundation for time management, Carmen, let me bring you into this because you're a CEO. You have the companies that you do, and I think you clearly have mastered time management to some extent from your business ventures to your personal life to everything in between, like fitness and other balances. I think that part of that has to do with delegation too, the art of delegation and figuring out from all the steps. You have the different hires you make to who can delegate what effectively. But let's dive into it for the audience really curious to figure out how a CEO actively manages their time. Maybe you can dive into your lifestyle of how you do that best.
1: Well, you definitely hit on a very important part that any listener should know. And that is that we come here almost blind of our topics. And I walk in the door and we just start rolling, which is at least a little intimidating, uh, so to speak. But the topics are enough for us to talk about and engage because that's so much of what we do. We engage with young people. We engage with CEOs. We engage with walks of life. So how apropos when talking about time management? I think there's so many YouTube clips and TED Talks and certainly self-improvement books where the objective is to educate on time management, like time management disciplines. And I've read a lot of them and I'm familiar with a lot of them. And my thesis is not necessarily incongruent, but I have to say that what I think that the industry of lecturing is wrong on is that their audience is is sensitive to what time management means. Meaning that a Gen Z or a college student, their time management skills are going to be a lot different than young professional or careerist is going to be a lot different than a 10 years in time management. And I'm definitely going to talk on that because I can give you anecdotes in my life where I applied time management philosophy or theory that I totally bought in at that time that either evolved or wouldn't be appropriate. But let's let's talk about just time management. I like to shrink everything down. For the, anybody who, will, who has listened or will listen in the future, or who's seen any podcast with us or otherwise, I'm a micro guy. I like to take macro concepts, shrink it down to the micro. And it's probably because I'm not big enough of a thinker or I'm not disciplined enough as a person to be conscious of everything I have to get done. And I want to take my block of time and I want to shrink it. Meaning if there's seven days in a week and I set a goal for myself of, I want to work out four days a week. I want to work out five, which would be pretty ambitious if you want to stay fit. And while I'm wearing a puffy, you know, Sweater type. It's to cover the fact that I'm a little, you know, heavier. But the reality is, I think if I was disciplined enough to look on a macro seven day per week goal and say I want to work four or five days a week, I can tell you that for me that doesn't work. And let me just walk you through it because Monday will go by. I, I don't have time. I got home, work. I'm to eat. I'm gonna grab. You know, Tuesday will come by. Oh, I've got this meeting. I've got an event I want to go to. This. This I, I'm a, this charity organization. Wednesday I'll come by. Tomorrow I'm gonna start. Well, eventually, let's say you work out once or twice by Saturday, you've put all the pressure on meeting your four or five day a week goal on Sunday. So what I quite literally did was I want to work out once a day. I don't care if it's jumping rope for 25 minutes. I don't care if it's set ups and push ups in front of, you know, the TV or in the, whatever the thing is, I want to, I want to shrink my goals into micro. And what I'm trying to do is create time as equity. Another thing that you'll pick up while we talk about this is how I constantly slam younger generations in their screen time, in their Netflix and chill. That's not that that's not important, but if we treat our schedules and time with more equity, we can imagine that that's not clearly our mission statement. That's not clearly our purpose. You know, like if we're treating time as equity, we're not investing in Netflix. We're not investing in the time that we're spending in front of the phone. Check, the, uh, check this out, Carmen, to your point please? right there, Gen Zers are spending up to 11 hours a day on their phone. I mean, that is literally almost 25 hours a day on their phone. Like if you're sleeping seven, six, seven hours, and if you're getting up and you're grudgy and you're eating and then you add 11 hours on your phone, it's over 24 hours a day. Literally half, I mean, half of their waking hours for Gen Zers are on screen time. So you hit the nail on the head. That's scary. Obviously, I'm not surprised. I probably would not have guessed that as high of a number, but that's what, that's what I want to talk about is our measurement of time, not on a macro basis, shrinking it down. What if every day we did an ESPN top three highlight of our day? Mm. So internally, at the end of the day, when we're going to bed, when we're you know, whatever the thing is, however we prepare for bed, if we played our highlight reel, proverbially on our phones, no less, what would our top three or top two or top one play be for that day? And that's really like, was it the great study session? Was it the great workout? Was it an amazing two-hour meeting with a colleague or a mentor or a friend very intimate? Was it the time where we put our phone away and really invested into the conversation and communicate? If you're not able to see yourself producing on a top play per day, it's not necessarily... Just a red flag. It's that the the equity doesn't match probably what your mission and purpose is. I doubt that we have any viewers or any friends in our networks or any colleagues who don't have ambition, who don't have passion or purpose. So, what am I really talking about by shrinking things down to the micro? For me, you ask me how I do it, uh, or, or excuse me, one of the strategies I want to shrink my time into blocks. They're almost like mini days, you know, like my morning is a day. It's when I will take calls. It's when I'm my most communicative. It's when I'm my least exhausted. So I'm going to front load my schedule into being my most attentive. Going back to when I was in college, it might have sounded cool, To schedule a class at 5 p.m., the five to seven class, which certainly existed, but that's not when you're your sharpest. It's when you've been exhausted. And if you're waking up at 4 p.m., you know, it's still not when you're your sharpest. So I like to treat those blocks into particular buckets and I will adjust each day based on that schedule for when it would be appropriate to work out. I totally believe that you could schedule working out in the morning or at night. It takes a day-by-day basis. Sometimes the schedule allows different things. I think the worst thing we could do is force our schedule based on just some consistent, repetitive basis as though it has to be the same in uniform. No, some days we have meetings, some days we have retreats, some days we have seminars. They're all going to change Uh, the motion of time. Let me return to something that I said, and then I want to kick it to you to how you feel your audiences or you are. You've heard me say this. At the beginning, I have emphasized say yes to everything, the religion of yes. So if I say yes to everything, I'm defining my time, right? I'm defining my time if somebody says, hey, can we meet for a coffee? I'm defining my time, hey, can you join this organization? I'm defining my time with do you want to join my intramural team? Do you want to join this fantasy football league? Do you want to stay after hours and work on this project? If you say yes to everything, that is going to occupy a lot of your time. So I want to say as a measure of an academic approach in relation to where you, your status in life, that's my beginner approach. That's where I began, which is to say the religion of yes say yes to everything once you've done that once you've graduated once you've become i don't want to say grounded necessarily but you've fallen into a career or a path i don't think you could say yes to everything like i don't think it works which is why i don't agree with some of the uniform messages that come i think they're more in relation to your status in life so that religion of yes is where i started i can't technically still employ that today the email comes where you have to pick this is something i really want to do this is a meeting i really want this is something that's going to advance my career whether you want to do it or not you see the value in it like i don't have enough time to say yes to everything so if i'm not saying like yes i have to do this like this is important i have to take this meeting with management i have to go to this particular concept this marketing plan has fallen apart. Like I got to get on this unless it's like the sense of urgency, then no. And that I think really has contributed to that's that progression from yes to everything to now we have to pick because we only have so much time. If I said yes to something, I am. And this is a super important lesson. And this is just what yes means. I'm a little bit more pickier with my yeses. I wish I was still in the religion of yes because it's paved so many roads for me and I know we're making a lot of assumptions, but as to what those journeys are, but follow our story and, and and you'll get there. But now it's I don't have the luxury of saying yes to everything as though I'm as much as I would. So now when I do say yes, this is what you signed up for. Like, what does yes mean as a measure of time? When you say yes to enrolling in a class, when you say yes to joining an organization, charitable, student, or otherwise, when you say yes to committing to something a colleague or friend has asked you to do, that is what you signed up for. It's almost a, I could give you a ton, a myriad of examples, but it's a militaristic commitment. Like, this is the mission, this is the job, that we signed up for, I said yes to it. And it's because that's who I want to be, right? Like in managing my time, in devoting the equity of my time onto things that are important to me, it's really important to me that when I say yes to something, the person I'm saying yes to knows that I mean it. Whereas before, like a religion of yes is almost intoxicating. You're saying yes because that's going to be yes to networking, yes to opportunity, yes to professional advancement. I want all of it because, and that's our beginner stage. That's the attitude I think we should have. Eventually that becomes untenable. And so then we're picking and choosing our yeses. Yes to this. And if it's not a, if I'm not like passionate about it, then it's gotta be a no. And then ultimately, and where I'm at right now, if if I say yes to it, then no matter whether I'm signing up for a failed mission, whether I'm signing up for a dinner I don't wanna attend, or I'm having a bad day, I wanna send the excuse, the COVID excuse, hey, I just coughed.
0: I don't think I should be
1: there tonight. (laughs) Because we all have that, right? We wanna say that. And I tell myself, you said yes, this is what you signed up for. Yeah. So where, where do you think you're, cause those are my journeys. I think
0: I love what you said there about the idea of like the super yes, right? Like this idea of like, Hey, I really feel like, I, like when you're excited about wanting to do something, have you ever noticed that it doesn't matter what's on your calendar? If you're super pumped for something, you find a way to make it happen. Like I'll, I'll use like a, like if someone's going on a date, for example, and they really like the person they're about to go on a date with they're going to make sure it doesn't matter what happens from here to that date on Friday night, they're going to be at that date. If on the contrary, the person has committed to the date, they feel bad, they don't really want to be there, they'll come up with the COVID excuse that you just mentioned, Carmen, or other reasons for why they're not going to make it. And so I think that is uh, an analogy to time management because really the idea of time management is not only managing your time effectively, but managing your time around what you want to do. And that's what I feel like is huge because even with you, it's like you wake up, okay, you you and I talk about this all the time as a CEO. It's like, what fire do I have to put out today? That's what you always talk about. That's the number one rule you wake up. Oh, shoot. What do I got to do at here or there? Most of my day. Yeah, yeah. most of the days. <laughs> what, what? Just when you came in here, we saw off camera, fires come in left and right, right? Like you have to deal with that all the time. It's just like, how do you effectively want to manage those fires? And so I think it's an art in time management because I've still been trying to figure it out. I think everyone's trying to figure it out. So I think for me, you know, it's, it's cliche, but the calendar has helped keep me accountable to some extent. And I hate to be like, oh man, everyone, the calendar Calendar is such a basic analogy, but for some reason, it's helped me losing my last 40 pounds in the last few months. Like, I know I have to go to the gym today. I know I have to do this. The calendar helps keep me accountable. Like, I know I have to attend this meeting. So, that I've seen some changes with that. I don't know if you use a calendar or, or your thoughts on that, but living around a calendar has started helping me out because it's been like an accountability partner.
1: So, where do you think your I don't want to say Gen Z because you could this will be around for generations. Uh, Where do you think young people struggle in their time management? Like where do you think the wheels fall
0: off? Yeah, I think it's a great question. It relates a lot to what you're talking about with this social media life. I think we struggle the most with, like I just gave you these alarming statistics, spending half their day on their screen time, which you add up comes out to 45, 50 plus hours a week on screen time. I think that's our biggest problem. And we want you to be here. We want you to be listening to the show. So stay on social media. But you know, of course it's 30 minutes. The idea of Apple set out this new thing last year, which has been an alarming thing, but Apple now shows you your screen time uh, with that new iOS update, which has been pretty scary because now you start seeing how much time you're spending on your phone and then divide it into how much time you're spending on each app. I think a lot of people in my age range spend so much time on Instagram and all these other platforms and TikTok. TikTok has become just like scroll, scroll, algorithm is connected to you. Scroll, scroll, scroll. So we struggle really with the media side by the time we're supposed to do the things we're supposed to do. Our attention span is already so short. We don't have time even when you go on a coffee meeting with the gen z i wonder how much their attention span is really in the, the moment of what you're talking about like you grew up in a little bit of a different time but i think our biggest issue is the time management via social media like that is just like
1: crushing a lot of our time that's affecting the delegation of that yeah for me i'm i'm so surprised that i spend too much time interacting with people it's 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 literally my everyday and i think there's a number of topics that we can spur off to that and how that affects personal relationships whether you're an extrovert or introvert you know we only have 30 minutes here so we're can re- we're we're really relegated not related to but relegated to time management here but when you are a, a social observer anyone who is would say there's no way that the younger generations want to be defined by just their black boxes their phones and the time that they spend looking at it no one is proud that they have very minimalist goals per day that they've accomplished very little which is again why i love shrinking things down for whatever success i've achieved and for everything many years as I've been here, I'm telling you, like, I still have to live on a 24-hour basis. And however important it may be to set macro goals in a two-year, five-year, 10-year plan, cool, but I, I know that in order to even fathom the comprehension of reaching a speck of those goals, then I have to attack each day. Like, we live in way too competitive of a world to waste time. And I don't know if that is some thesis that would be wildly debated. I think everybody would agree with that. So then if you're not managing your time, like why do people fail in managing their time? Why do people fail in accomplishing just very micro goals? I've not said let's solve you know, some macroeconomic policy, global concern, biochemical engineering, you know, I've not considered anything. I'm talking about working out for 20 minutes a day. I'm talking about, you know, just engaging with communication where your phone is not present. But why do people fail? Lack of effort, lack of mind. I think those are really two micro concepts, right? And if we would say that, well, I want to improve my effort. I want to apply effort. And when I say lack of mind, I don't mean as a measure of intelligence. I mean as a measure of effort. Are you going to sit here and have a conversation with me while your phone is out? Are you going to study or read while music is on or you know your laptop is up or the TV is in the background. And you don't think that that matters, but all we're trying to do, in my opinion, is attack on a 24-hour basis. Here are the things you won't do. And here's where I'm gonna get moderately shitty. I'm gonna ask one thing. You're not gonna cut your screen time back. You're not gonna listen to this and set a goal. Well, you're not gonna listen to this and do anything, but you're not gonna say, I'm gonna cut my screen back. I think reading one book a week is like, And I think it doesn't matter what the genre, you don't have to read the Iliad. You don't need to, to, to read, you know, the history of the United States. You don't have to read some masterpiece. I think you can read a comedy book. I think you can read just, you know, the exercise of reading one book a week. For me, I have a personal goal that I'm, that you only watch one to two shows, like a week or a month or no, I'm only allow, I, I only allow myself, because that's a goal, right? Yeah. And I kind of like don't do it, you know like it's, it's kind of like eating dessert or you know whatever the I'm not going to do that. Do you ever break or, it or no? I really don't.. Okay. So the two shows I'm watching right now are Your Honor on uh, Showtime. which by the way, I, I, I can't stand that I'm watching it. <laughs> I think the two main actors are fantastic. I think it's a really great show. I think it's just gut-wrenching. Like the whole time you're, if you watch that show, Your Honor on Showtime, it's just the whole time you just feel like uncomfortable. And, okay. you know, the other show I'm I'm watching right now is uh, The Last of Us, HBO, okay. Okay. the zombie apocalypse show. But I will tell you, I've been told to watch White Lotus and I can't. And I've been told to watch the uh, Netflix PGA golf show. Yeah, uh, and I'm just, I'm I'm being anecdotal right yeah. now, but like, I am pretty committed to micro goals. Like it's pretty easy if like there's something I want and there's only so much, now I know I'm only engaged in two hours of television shows per week. And and those are just like check boxes. But I told you, I'm not asking you to do any of that. You know, like whatever. The big takeaway, the biggest thing that I do, I make lists every morning. It's something I've done for years. Not to date myself, but more than a decade and many years, more than a decade. I handwrite lists. I don't make them in the phone. You'll see me right now and you'll see forever that I'm big on to paper writing, meaning I'm not making notes in the phone or whatever. I I don't think the medium with which you take notes or make lists, but I make lists on what I want to accomplish today. I make lists on important topics I want to think about. I make lists on who i've been meaning to correspond with and communicate with i am constantly writing and i do it every single day most of the time people say do it when you first wake up if you're like me the first 40 minutes of when you wake up you are a zombie it's it's hard to like the miracle of waking up i still haven't figured out so it takes me that long so i can't really do i can't function in the morning I'm just glad my feet are moving and my legs are moving and I can make my way to the bathroom and put clothes on. But I make my lists typically at night. This is the end of the day. I didn't accomplish these things. This is the end of the day. I've had these phone calls. Like I'm I'm winding down. Like at the end of the day, you need to wind down. That's another very effective time management technique. Here I am winding down. What can I get to? I make. I don't. Know, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that those little stat lists, those little like blurbs that I put out on you different make those topics. Every day, right? I make them every day. I put you know I put them to posts. You know, twice a week. But. It's constantly writing. So I'm practicing handwriting. I'm distracting myself from the phone. It doesn't matter what your list is. It's, it's just the exercise of writing and thinking about things. But the coolest part about it is you're rewarding yourself because Every day, I cross things off my list. I've accomplished goals in a microcosm. And I think we are a species that wants to be rewarded with accomplishment. I actually, to this day, for as many years as I've been doing it, I find satisfaction. Oh, I I did call this person. I did follow up on this. I talked to this client. I I went to this... Okay. I followed up. It's been a while since I, there are things that have been on my list for months. Like they just are there and that's okay. You know, but it's their conscious presence that I think is really important because for me, it is way more micro and it's about where you are at the journey, but yeah. All right, well, that
0: was awesome. In the closing hot take, I know we have 60 seconds here. What's the latest someone's came to work that you've witnessed? Because I know you have managers in place, but you saw something talk about time management. And on the
1: flip side, what's the latest you've been to a meeting? Brutal question. I say this a lot. I don't lie. I'll have peers and colleagues be frustrated that I don't always disclose everything, which is true. Uh, You have to get it out of me or you have to lead me to the answer that you're looking for. But I don't lie. So I'm not going to lie. I am ashamed. I should have a Silas (laughs) on my thigh. I'm ashamed with how late i can go get to meetings it is not cool it's not appreciated it's not respectable i think it's important to communicate and 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 the reason for that is probably because i'm blending my categories of management between the religion of yes and some of those things like if i said yes i have no choice bleeds into the next thing that said That's just to answer your question. What is my sort of hot take on time? It's really cool to be professional. It's really cool to show up on time, not have your phone present, whether even if it's up or down, it's not even present. In speaking with the theme of present, it's very recognizable and awesome to be present, to show like I'm here to communicate with you. It's always been, but probably more so now than ever. People recognize it because of how not present people actually are. And I think anecdotally as how I can tell pretty quickly, like for me, I could tell pretty quickly if I want to work with somebody, if I want to take the equity of my time and invest in their conversation or invest in whatever they're going to say. And that starts now with me. It starts with you. Like it's your first impression or it's your history of impressions and your presence that are then contributing to how I say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here with Mir now. I'm shutting it all down because of how much respect I have for our time together. And you should, you should, here's a trick, measure your friends and your colleagues and your family for how they react when you're in a situation communicating with them and how they respect your time and equity. And if they're on their phone or distracted, yeah, you could say like, dude, or you could realize that that's them communicating. That's an indictment on you. I don't like to end off on a low point, but like there is kind of some data and knowledge in measuring how other people are to you based on how they gauge and think about you. So it, yeah, it's really important Yeah, of a discipline. I love that hot take. This
0: just showed me and proved to me that we have to do another episode focused on time because ironically, we're out of time and I didn't realize how long this would take to talk about time management because there's so much to talk about but as always if you guys enjoyed listening to this watching this leave a review on apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. check out the full video version on youtube and the shorts that we make this is your host mir other host Carl, carmen and we will see you back on the next episode of 30 minute you